everybody. Welcome to episode number eight of the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk Podcast. My name is Ryan, and as always, I will be your host in the next whatever it ends up being, 35 minutes, give or take. We will have the normal weekly Galaxy CDs Rocks business update. We'll have a quick look at some reselling news out in the wider world of reselling. We will have a quick reselling tip for you. But first, I wanted to rant about how much I hate (laughs) selling clothing on eBay. Man, maybe it's just me. And I know there's a lot of folks making really good money selling clothes on eBay. But the eBay buyer, and I don't want to bite the hand that feeds me. um, And I don't sell that much clothing. And it's because of of this reason. Um, They drive me insane. Uh, uh, let me know in comments, if you sell clothing and uh, you sell a lot of it, let me know how you handle this. But my thing is they, I always try to assume positive intent with people. I always, you know, I assume if you have a question or a problem or a concern, or you come to me with something that you do it, uh, in the best intention that you really need the information or you, you have a legitimate concern or a need, But I feel like these clothing buyers are just pushing buttons, trying to see how much they can get us to run around with this measurement nonsense. Um, I don't sell like really fancy clothes. I sell, you know, T-shirts and hoodies and stuff like that. So nothing, you know, the kind of stuff that you would go into Target or Walmart and, you know, you look at the rack and it's, you know, it's men's clothing, so it's small, medium, large, extra large, maybe two X, and that's it. There's no, there's no chart by vendor or manufacturer that says the measurements of this particular item from neck to waist and from armpit to armpit and shoulder to shoulder. And I don't see any of that. Maybe I'm just not looking because I don't care. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't even begin to tell you what mine are. I have no idea what my measurements are from armpit to armpit or if that information was available to me, it would be in completely useless because I have no idea what I am. I know I wear a men's large and I go into the store and I buy a large t-shirt or a hoodie and 99.9% of the time it fits. But on eBay, for some reason, uh, a lot of clothing buyers want all these measurements from, like I said, from armpit to armpit and shoulder widths and stuff that just... Uh, Maybe I'm crazy and I'm totally off base, but it just drives me insane. <laughs> uh, like I said, let me know in comments. If, if you sell a lot of clothing, how do you deal with that? Um, you know, do you take those measurements? When I first started really getting into reselling on eBay, I, I was doing that. I, I put up some clothing and I had a couple people that reached out, um, you know, looking for shirts and whatever. And they said, you know, what are the measurements of this? And, you know, so I would, I'd, do my due diligence as a good customer service representative. And I would go and I would measure the, for the information that they wanted and I would send it to them. And then nothing, no, thanks for the measurements, but it's too big. It's too small. It's too whatever, nothing. It was just nothing. And the, the item never sold. (laughs) So I spent all this time gathering all these measurements and sending the stuff and doing the thing and literally got nowhere with it. So I've essentially stopped doing it. If, if I get that question, I send them a picture of 
the manufacturer's tag, which says whatever, small, medium, large, extra large, whatever the size of it is, and said, the only thing I have to go on is the manufacturer's tag, and it says it's a large, it looks like an adult size, not a youth size. That's all I got for you. Thanks for reaching out. The end. I feel like I'm not out anything, because, and it's totally anecdotal, and maybe I'm missing opportunities, but these folks weren't buying anything from me to begin with. Um, so if I at least do the due diligence of the customer service, I do respond to those messages, but I don't do the measurements anymore. Um, I'm not, sorry, maybe that makes me a bad customer service person, but I'm not jumping through those hoops for a t-shirt or a hoodie where the original manufacturer did not even provide that information (laughs) to start with. It just, it's not my thing. It's why I rarely sell clothes. Every now and then, if I see a, a really good deal on, you know, a hoodie or I see some old band t-shirts or a sports jersey or something like that, I'll take a flyer on it and I'll pick them up and I'll list them. But I don't I do not do all those measurements and I, I don't then ultimately give them out when asked. So uh, please feel free to chime in on comments um, about whether you think I'm a butthead uh, for not doing that or for having that drive me crazy. But Man, that's that's where I'm at with that. That shit just drives me nuts. <laughs> so, like I said, let me know. Uh, and on the back of uh, not being maybe the most customer friendly situation, I got some quick reselling tip for you: <laughs> uh, how to maybe make your business a little better. Um, this one goes kind of to the front end of the process to buying. Don't be afraid to negotiate. Um, a dollar saved at the front end is a dollar made on the back end. And an item's only worth what it's going to be worth on eBay. If it's a $20 item, it's only a $20 item. And if you can pay $5 less for it on the front, that's $5 more than you make that you make rather on the back. So don't be afraid to negotiate. Uh, I know I mention these guys seemingly every week, but the pure hustle podcast guys have talked about this on numerous occasions, numerous occasions, um, get in the, the practice and the habit of making offers and not being afraid to take a no. Uh, the more no's that you take, the more uh, of a callus you will build up to that and you won't, it won't hurt your feelings anymore. None of us like to be told no. And that's a real barrier to negotiating in a lot of cases. Um, so the more you do it and the more of those no's that you get, the better off you'll be and the better you'll be able to negotiate going forward. Now I come from a particularly interesting background in that I was in car sales for a while. And as you're aware, if you've ever bought a car, that shit is all about negotiating. And so I, I learned how to handle nose and rejection and not take it personally. It's not, it's business. I ain't mad at you if you won't do it for the price that I want it for, but I may not buy it either. Um, so don't be afraid to negotiate. That being said, it probably doesn't make sense to try to get 25 cents off on an item that's only 50 cents to begin with. Um, but if you're looking at an item that's 10, 20, 30 dollars, uh, don't be afraid to ask for a decent discount on it. Um, reach out and say, hey, you know, would you take whatever half off? Would you take five dollars? Would you take ten dollars? The worst that they can do is say no, and you're not out anything. You didn't spend any money. Nobody. Nobody got their feelings hurt. Um, now maybe maybe they did. You'll get some you'll get some people that get pretty hot and bothered if you give them what they think is a uh, outrageous offer. But again, that just builds your immunity to that kind of reaction. Um, and generally speaking, you can always recover from that. And say, well, you know, hey, I had to try you on. How about X? 
and you know make them a more reasonable offer but you don't know if you don't ask so that's my quick reselling tip for today don't be afraid to negotiate and don't be afraid to make what you may think actually is a totally ridiculous offer from time to time you never know sometimes people will take those and with that we're going to jump into a quick break. I want to thank uh, a couple of people in particular who are sponsoring the show. Uh, first, a big shout out to uh, my man, Timmy P., who is a individual sponsor of the show. Timmy, uh, sir, you are a legend. Thank you so much. I can't thank this person directly. Someone went to my Teespring store and purchased a really awesome looking Galaxy CDs t-shirt last week. They do not forward customer information to me, so I have no idea who you were. But to you, I say... Thank you. I appreciate the purchase of the shirt. Um, I hope you enjoy it once you get it. Um, they are very, very nice. I think you'll be quite pleased with it. So thank you. If you would like to contribute in some way, uh, there are links in the show notes and in the description below on YouTube for the Teespring store with all of the really cool looking Galaxy CDs merchandise. There is a link for my PayPal if you'd like to just make a donation, a contribution to the channel. Or there is always a link also to the Galaxy CDs Rocks eBay store. Click there and go look at the 4,800 plus items I currently have for sale. Pick yourself up an old school CD or an old 78 or something and uh, support the channel that way. If you do that, please let me know. Send a, Attach a note to it so I know who it came from and I will give you a shout out uh, on the next video. And with that, let's have a quick word from me talking about my good friends over at Anchor. News updates. All right, let's take a look at some of the news out there in the wider world of retailing. Retailing. See, I'm, I was in retail for 30-some years, and it just stuck in my head. Reselling. The big news, of course, continues to be the ongoing dramas at our good friends over at the United States Postal Service. Um, I didn't watch the testimony, but the current Postmaster General did go before the Senate uh, this week, I believe he goes in front of the House next week to uh, explain his rationale for the changes that he has made. Uh, I'm sure everyone is aware he has made numerous changes, um, uh, trying to eliminate overtime, uh, changing changing out machinery, removing sorting machines, and so on and so forth. And he's being faced with a lot of questions about why you would try to do this in the midst of a global pandemic and in the lead up to a presidential election. I'm all about efficiency. Um, and, you know, his stated goal is to make the post office more efficient. But doing, making those changes at a time of pandemic and an election, when there are already slowdowns occurring, in particular because of the pandemic, which is twofold. Number one, you got all kinds of people that are out of work because of the actual virus. And then you have this huge influx of extra packages being shipped because online selling has gone through the roof. And he's trying to make changes, which anytime you do that, obviously, there's, there's a learning curve and there's a certain amount of disruption that takes place. And when you've already got that disruption going on, it makes it doubly difficult. And people clearly are seeing all kinds of slowdowns up until last week, uh, like I mentioned, I had not really personally experienced a ton of them myself. However, over the last week, I had the package that I mentioned last week that had gone missing that I refunded. I had two packages that went out 
early this week that did not receive their acceptance scans. Um, I use the bulk scanning sheet. So it gets a scan and that essentially accepts however many packages are on that sheet, 8, 10, 15, doesn't matter how many are on there. It, it accepts them all. And then ultimately they get a actual item scan at the post office and then it continues on its way. I had two packages last week that did not get that scan. They showed up on my uh, eBay report for my seller performance as a top-rated seller as um, missed scans. So that's a little disappointing. It's also disappointing from the standpoint that eBay had said, as I mentioned last week, that they were going to protect us against just that kind of eventuality. And yet those two things are on my report. So USPS continues to be a... An ongoing issue, I expect that it will probably continue to be for some time to come. Um, he did, uh, DeJoy did mention that he was suspending all remaining changes that he intended to make until after the election. But they also uh, indicated in an email that went out to postal employees and managers that there was no intention to undo or roll back any of the changes that had already been implemented. So if the mail sorting machines in your area have already been disconnected, they're saying right now they will not be reconnecting those. We'll see how that goes. There's a pretty big push, um, especially in the house, to undo all of those changes. I don't know that they can get that pushed through because obviously the Senate um, and the president are unlikely to go along with that, um, but there is at least some some push to get those changes that were have already been done undone. So stay tuned. That one's going to be continue to be interesting. Um, if you didn't see, also USPS, I think about ten days ago announced that there will be some temporary price hikes for the fourth quarter. They will not affect. It looks like retail counter purchases that's strictly on the commercial side. So those of us who use the commercial services on eBay, Amazon, and so on. Uh, rates pretty much across the board are going up for the holiday season. Uh, they will the, the rate increase, I believe, is scheduled to end on December 27th, so really quickly after the kind of big push for fourth quarter. I don't want to give them any ideas. I'm surprised they didn't extend it longer for all of the folks who get gift cards that will be going online to make purchases after Christmas. Uh, but for the time being, that's the scheduled end date. So for my own part... That's not a, a cost that I'm going to pass on to my customers if I'm offering free shipping. Obviously, it's going to be cooked into it um, if it's customer paid shipping. But for anything that's free shipping, whatever the increase is, two, three, five cents, um, unfortunately, I'm just going to eat it. I'm not going to try to pass that on to the customer. Uh, it, let me know in comments uh, or again, reach out to me in one of the many ways that I've uh, given you. And let me know what you think about all that and uh, whether you're going to pass any of those increased costs along. And if so, how you would go about doing that. Over at Amazon, um, Wired.com has a really interesting article uh, published, gosh, at the end of the week. How four brothers allegedly fleeced $19 million from Amazon. Uh, this is a really fascinating article. And again, it's a, a perfect example of you can get away with stuff for a little while, but eventually it comes back to bite you on the ass. These guys, um, this went on for a couple of years. So this has gone on for a while and they were successfully, obviously able to bilk Amazon for over $19 million. 
Uh, they're still trying to dig through all of the data to see how much damage was done. So there could be more to come. But essentially what they were doing, according to the indictment, and I will quote from the Wired article, um, I will link to it in the show notes below. Uh, according to the indictment, the brothers swapped the ASIN, the Amazon stock identification number, for items Amazon ordered to send large quantities of different goods instead. In one instance, Amazon ordered 12 canisters of disinfectant spray costing $94.03. The defendants allegedly shipped 7,000 toothbrushes costing $94.03 each using the code for the disinfectant spray and later billed Amazon for over $650,000. In another instance, Amazon ordered a single bottle of designer perfume for $289.78. In response, according to the indictment, the defendant sent 927 plastic beard trimmers costing $289.79 each, using the ASIN for the perfume. Prosecutors say the brothers frequently shipped and charged Amazon for more than 10,000 units of an item when it had requested, in actuality, fewer than 100, uh, and on and on. Um, these guys were communicating and bragging with each other on WhatsApp, so there's a electronic trail of their uh, misdeeds and evil doings. They uh, eventually, it sounds like they were caught and they were kicked off Amazon and then they created fake accounts and fake names and fake emails and tried to use a VPN and all kinds of stuff to try to continue the scheme after they had already should have known they were on the verge of uh, having whoever, the FBI or the Popo, I don't know who showed up, but uh, at their door, but they just continued to, to try to find new and creative ways to scam Amazon. It was I guess it was so lucrative they just couldn't help themselves. So that'll be fun to watch. Um, Amazon launched, launched a counterfeit crimes unit earlier this year to try to crack down on this sort of stuff. So apparently um, the feeling is that these are not the only guys that are trying to pull this stuff. So if you're an Amazon FBA person um, <laughs> trying to pull a fast one on Amazon, uh, know that they're probably on to you. In other news at Amazon, one of their top executives, Jeff, I think it's Wilkie, who is the CEO of Amazon's worldwide consumer business uh, and was widely regarded to be the most like, likely successor to Jeff Bezos should he decide to hang up uh, the shoes at some point, has decided instead to retire himself. So uh, Dave Clark, who is the Z senior vice president of retail operations, will take over Wilkie's ro role after he retires sometime next year. Um, Bezos has um, cited this guy as an incredible teacher and a mentor and tutor for him, which is interesting. Both of these gentlemen have been with Amazon for a couple of decades, so they have tons of experience. Uh, he has gone on to mention uh, that the Amazon of today would not be what it is without this guy's presence. So that will, that's another one of those things that anytime you have big disruption at the top of a company, changes can kind of cascade throughout the organization. Uh, people sometimes get promoted into positions they're not ready for or capable of handling, and you kind of see things uh, get a little messy. So this one will be very interesting to watch. Um, I'm sure Amazon's going to be fine. Uh, as long as Bezos is there making the final decisions and he shows obviously no signs of slowing down or stepping down. Um, 
He did, however, add several additional people to what he calls his S-team, which are his closest advisors, to replace this one individual. So obviously this guy had an outsized influence on Amazon and how they did. So uh, that's kind of the weekly news recap. And now let's get into the the Ryan recap, the Galaxy CDs Rocks weekly recap. If you caught my video or listen to the podcast version of it on Wednesday, you'll know it was a busy week for me. Uh, I essentially lost two days this week to my side gig, which is the dealer trade driving. I drove to Detroit on Tuesday, and I drove to St. Louis on Thursday. I got my shipments done in the morning, got on the road, got home long after the post office was closed both nights, did not feel like doing any listings at 11 o'clock or midnight on those nights. So I lost both of those days almost entirely uh, for reselling. That said, I'm going to pat myself on the back. I still managed to get 210 new listings done this week. So um, I've got an applause button on here somewhere, but I can't find it right now. So we won't play that. But uh, I'm, I'm very, very pleased to have gotten that much done. Nice mix of both CDs and books listed this week. I think next week I may back off a little bit on the CDs. I've got some some other hard goods, some electronics and some stuff that has been sitting here for some time and I just I haven't gotten to it because of the large number of CDs. I may shift gears a little bit next week, not try to get, you know, 200 plus listings done, but get some of that smaller but maybe more expensive merchandise up and listed. Um, I haven't quite decided yet, but that's kind of my initial thought process for next week is that I may make a little bit of a change there. In terms of sourcing, if you were on last week's podcast, I mentioned that a friend of mine had reached out to me about some CDs. He thought there were 250 of them. Uh, I did go to look at those. I did end up buying them. Maybe you can see some of them over my shoulder. Uh, It ended up being 340 CDs. So it was a little more than I bargained for. I got them for 25 bucks, so I'm really pleased with that. They are all pretty much jazz and new age, which are not, unfortunately, the biggest, fastest, most profitable sellers. But at the price I got them for, I think it's still going to be a good buy. They're all in a pretty much like new condition. They're really, really clean. Uh, so from that standpoint, they're going to be really good. I can I can ask a little bit more for them than the guy who's got you know the good and the acceptable. So I think on balance, it'll be a, a good purchase. But it was, uh, again, like I said last week, I, I needed more CDs, like I needed a hole in my head, but it was, a, it was a really good deal and they were in really good shape. So I went ahead and snapped them up. On the actual business front, this was another one of those weeks where going through the week, I just felt like, and maybe it's because I was out those two days. So I, I wasn't as connected as I normally am to the business, but it felt like it was slow. <laughs> I just didn't feel like there was a lot going on. My shipment volume didn't really feel all that intense. It wasn't a big deal to get up in the morning and get everything packed and, you know, kind of get moving with the day. So I was a little a little concerned that the numbers might not be all that great. And then lo and behold, I print them off and right, uh, right where they've been the last, uh, pretty much the last month. Gross sales for the week, $13.64 and $0.19. Cents. Uh, so that's, gosh, probably nine weeks in a row now, over $1,300 or real close to it. So uh, very solid. 
Cost of goods sold, $54 and a penny, uh, which made my gross profit percentage just a touch lower than last week, 96.04%. I think last week was 96.1%. Still uh, numbers that most retailers would die for. Uh, gross profit dollar total, 13.10 and 18 cents. So uh, really, really solid. It was another week where I had essentially no unusual expenses, which will not be the case next week. I've got to order, I think, some supplies. I'm going to have to pay my PayPal or my eBay invoice, which is fairly substantial for last month. Uh, so next week will not be as pretty as this, but my operating expenses for this week uh, amounted to PayPal fees and postage, totaling $392.88, giving me a net profit percentage of 67.24, which is, again, just thrilling. That's an outstanding number, $917.30. So second week in a row, over $900 of net profit uh, before taxes. I I did get a tax bill (laughs) this week. Yay me. Um, I'd actually been thinking about this for a while. The city I live in outsourced all their tax collection to some company up in Cleveland a year and a half ago. And I had, you know, obviously you pay your estimated taxes once a quarter. Things have been a little jumbled up because of the COVID-19 situation. A lot of municipalities, states, the federal government granted delays on filing your regular annual taxes. And they also had moved back some of the dates for the quarterly estimated taxes. I had paid all mine based on their original due dates. I didn't want to mess around with trying to remember new dates. I already had them in my planner for that date. I already had the money set aside. So I just went ahead and paid them. The the city, the municipality here, Hamilton, they send a bill every quarter. And it just occurred to me probably last week, man, I don't think I got my second quarter bill. And of course that must've triggered the tax gods because on Friday I got my tax bill. Uh, (laughs) So I'll be writing a check to uh, the city of Hamilton this week for my second quarter estimated income tax. But I um, the money is set aside. I've always planned for that um, in my budgeting. So we'll be handling that. So no big deal. But uh, let me know how you're doing with your taxes. I know there have been tons of extensions and kind of changes to when the various due dates are. Uh, should be another one coming up real shortly. Uh, September, I think, is the next quarterly estimated tax date. So there'll be some some big payments going out there. And with that, I think my work here is done for the day. You have been listening to the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast, and we will see you next week. Thanks, guys.